Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics on Radamig. Bertolz, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. Thank you guys for holding down the fort on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. There's only one day that I got a chance to really jump in and jump out. I was on the train from Penn Station back to Baltimore to catch a plane. It was a long ride back, but hey, guys, I love the chattery. I love all that you guys are doing. You guys are great, as everybody always says. Welcome aboard, Maywood. Welcome aboard, Michael Rutten, AVQ. Welcome aboard, folks. Anybody else coming in early? Please remember, the first thing I'd like to beg of you to do is please go ahead and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us that follow on, como se llama, como se llama, como se llama, Twitter. But you know what, guys? We're going to get busy. Our beautiful Deborah Bergen is right in the house, as well as Peggy Lopez. I saw that long reply to that that uh, blog that I wrote. Peggy Lopez, thank you so kindly for that response. Hi, all. Glad you are back live. We'll be glad to hear about your experience on my trip. I saw Shasta Lake may have two more years life in the present climate. I know it's all, everything is drying up on the west side. Everything is flooded. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And on the east side, it's amazing, folks. But you know what? Things are going to be great, great, great. All right. Uh, till I get started, I notice we don't have Brother brother Rudnan probably thought I wasn't here to read his stuff today. So he brought us none. But hey, let's see what he says, though. He says, busted my eyeglasses. New ones are $880. Insurance doesn't cover have had worse days. Hey, brother, sorry to hear about those lens, but you know something, man? If it's not special lens, my daughter used to use a service call. I can't remember, but I'll get it for you. And she gets her glasses with prescriptions pretty damn cheap. She does it online. I don't know if you have special requirements why you can't do that, but if you don't, try that. Michael also says, I'm pretty close to blind without my glasses. Sucks having to watch the screen from a foot away. If I were any closer to the monitor, I'd be in the video. <laughs> well, you know what, Michael? Sometime we need to get a video on you online with us. Michael says he has special lens. Rada, Rada, welcome aboard. She says, hello. Rhode Island is closed today for Victory Day, if anybody was wondering. And I have no idea what they said the day that Rhode Island became victorious and something. Yo no sé, me puedes decir. Estoy todo escuchando. Hey, Eric Hayes says, Hi, IRS is coming for you, Egberto. No one will get a pass as they will want to prove their worth and bring in revenues for government. The rich have teams of lawyers and others to defend them, but the common people don't and will be forced to pay for lack of resources to fight. That is the argument created by the right wing that is full of crap. But I'm going to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up, my brother Eric Hayes, because that is one of the things... Tom C., I have a huge apology to you and to the entire PDR posse. Yours truly completely screwed up. In working and planning for my New York uh, conference, I forgot it is Ask Egberto Anything on the first Saturday of the month. And for some reason, it didn't compute that the first Saturday of the month was last Saturday. So therefore, Brother Tom, I'm going to send out a notice. Let's do Ask Egberto Anything on Saturday coming up. Uh, so please, guys, forgive me for my screw up. But I know you guys are wonderful. You kind of say, Egberto, we'll just slap you around some other day. All right. From Brother Hayes' capital investment is dependable on economic energy. Houston-based Enterprise Products Partners plans to expand their operations in the Permian Basin with new natural gas-related projects, the company said August 3rd. The midstream company said it will build two new additional gas processing plants, one each on Midland and Delaware basins, which will increase enterprise natural gas liquids extraction capacity, the company said, to help transport the higher volumes of NGL. Enterprise will also expand the capacity of the Chinook Pipeline 
system with modifications that could add up to 275,000 barrels per day. The 669 Chinook pipeline liquids. Uh, what are what am I reading this about, brother? Enterprise operates. Let's see. Is there something to this? I'm reading down more, 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 more. When these projects finish construction and start up early in 2024, the project will have 15 processing plants in the Permian Basin altogether. I hope their depreciative value of that is going to be less than the 10 years or so, because in 10 years, we'll have a lot more on to green energy, meaning renewables is going to be really up to par 10 years. Eric Hayes says, Bernie, uh, Tom C says, at Eric Hayes, not afraid of an IRS audit, are you? I've been audited twice, you know, in the, in, in the days that I used to make some money, got audited twice, but hey, Never had a problem. Just have to make sure and owe them a little bit so that they don't come back. First time I won. The second time they won. Just a few bucks. Carl Cox is in the house. He says, commodities market, shafts, family farmers and consumers, aids, corporate farmers and grocery store chain. And the man is absolutely right. Uh, To which Eric says, the IRS has been defunded under Republicans, resulted in wealthy people getting away with, this is Rudnan saying this, away with $5 trillion of unpaid taxes. Imagine if we had that $5 trillion in unpaid taxes, inflation would be lower because that excess money would have been not in the economy from the wealthy, but for those of us who would be spending it on equitable things. Paul Fleming, welcome to the house and thank you for all those links. You gave us some great, great material on... Uh, on Como se llama el hombre de, de, de uh, Marco Rubio and a few others. Thank you for that. All right. Let me real quickly tell you about um, about what we went to do in, in uh, Rhinebeck, New York, because you all had a um, an instrumental part in that meeting as well, my dear brother, my people here on Politics and Right, because I, 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 I made sure... I made sure, and I'm getting into the democracy stuff in a minute, folks. I made sure to let folks know that our team, our partnership, our our people comprise people on the people on the left, people on the right, people everywhere in between, and that I love them all. We all get along because this is America. We all have to get along, and we don't have to hold back on on the only thing that we have to do is to remember that there's only one fact in things that are black and white. There's only one fact. Gray area, yeah, whether you want big government, small government, as long as you're willing to live by the, by the results of whatever you're asked, it's fine. That's fine. So we had great discussion. We discussed, we had people from the left, the right, the middle, all that kind of stuff. We, it was perfectly ethnically balanced. It was, it was a great thing. Uh, Debbie Lynn Molyneux, who is the president of the Bridge Alliance, conducted this effort at the Omega Institute. Check out Omega Institute in Wright Bank, New York. It was a great place, all vegetarian food we ate. I want to thank Debbie Lynn for um, taking care of making sure that I got there and got back. Good, good person who um, really wants to make the changes in this country where we all in the long run do what's right and get along. We discuss issues as far as rewriting a constitution. What would a constitution look like, etc. I had a few things to say with my thoughts on the founding fathers, which I, I preface my statement by saying it's going to be blasphemous what I had to say, but I meant every word that I said. Uh, but anyhow, before I get started with the first video, uh, let's see if there's any other topics that you guys want to cover. But whatever the case is, the first thing I want to ask everybody that's listening, please give us a thumb up on YouTube if you're there, please. I ask you so kindly. Please give us a like on Facebook if you're there. On Twitch, just share your tweet. If you are on Twitter, please go ahead and you know retweet the show, whatever, if it's, I think it's Twitter right now. Actually, we're streaming five places right now. So please go ahead and do all of that for me. I need, I have, uh, uh, come on, man. Can you get, please, please, please give me that YouTube uh, like, that YouTube like, that'll be helpful as well as, the, I mean, the YouTube thumbs up as well as the like. Michael Ronis Egberto, blasphemous. Yep. Some people treat the founding fathers and the constitution as divine rather than the truth. They were human as flawed as anyone else. Not only that, you know, they were not, I don't want to put anything on the young because I met a young lady 
at the conference. Two young ladies that were the most impressive to me, because mostly because of their age. One was 17. One was, I think, either 21 or 22. And these two young women were some of the had some of the most smart comments and statements to which I had to tell them, knowing that we are leaving the country in their hands gives me hope and makes me want to just do enough so that we can get them into the leadership they have earned. Because these young people that are coming up are wonderful. They're great. They're vibrant. A lot of folks like to give these people a hard time. I'm sorry. These two young women were very, very, very impressive. Okay, let's get busy. The first, the first video that I have to show is about uh, covers a reporter. Reporters are starting to realize something that I've been saying all along. Title of the show today is Democrats really have the wind up at their backs. The de- and listen to me, a lot of people are not going to say that they are going to notice this in the long run, but the Democrats have the wind at their backs. And you know, I've been saying this for a while. Everybody's been telling me about polls, etc., etc. I've been saying we are in a different paradigm. And I think confirming to that paradigm was Kansas. The vote and the polling that was all calculated and scientific said that there was one that said the no vote had a slight edge. And there's one that said the yes vote had a slight edge, but it was going to be a tight fit. To which I said, "Uh uh-uh, wasn't going to be no tight fit. It was a blowout because you know what? People are sitting back, they're listening, and they know their own reality, right? It know their own reality. But anyhow, anyhow, uh, yesterday sort of the notion, the narrative is slowly moving. Anytime something good happened without there being a super negative to pull it back, the reporters are starting to hedge their bets. So let's listen to uh, Jonathan Carl here and see how Jonathan Carl characterizes it thus far. Oh, my God. I think Jonathan Carl got it right this time. I mean, uh, Donald Trump. A lot of his, a lot of the candidates that he's supporting, that he's endorsed, yes, they are winning because the base of the party now belongs to Donald Trump. And this reporter sees what many of us think is going to be the result and why it's likely that Democrats and progressives are going to hold on to not only the Senate, but also the House. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Donald Trump is on a roll. Speaking of roles, he is dominating these parties. Uh, you have candidates winning in state after state who would have had no chance without a Donald Trump endorsement, and they're winning the Republican primaries. But here's the thing. The more Trump wins, the more Republicans are poised to lose. So, yes, Jonathan Carl, when Trump wins, his candidates are likely to lose. And it is incumbent on all of us out here, all progressives out there, to really ensure that Americans know what those candidates are doing. The candidates who were endorsed by Donald Trump, it's time for them to know what these guys are all about. You know, as, a, as one of the, uh, <laughs> as one of the uh, progressive strategists said earlier on an earlier show, Guess what? These guys are wacko. No, they want to control a woman's agency. They want to control your voting or they want to stop you from voting if you're not the right type. These are nuts. And you know what? If they win, that's pretty good for us as long as we get our people out. So, folks, remember, vote. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. Oh my God! Oh my God! I hit the wrong button, but we're back. All right. So, as you can see, Jonathan Carl, and when Jonathan Carl said that in the beginning of the show, I was like, 
Are you serious, Jonathan Carl? Do you really understand that it's Jonathan Carl making that statement? The Jonathan Carl that always talked about how rough it was going to be for, for Democrats? Come on now. It's not going to be the case. Like I said, Democrats have the wind at their back. Facts, plural. It is up to Democrats and progressives to raise those sails so that the wind will take them over the top. Otherwise, those folks that are pulling that big bag of lead, the lead being crap that you can't use for society, then that will win. But if you, if Democrats raise those sails up, if progressives raise those sails up, it is for them to lose. I'm telling you, the polling on the new bill is through the roof by over 10 to 20 points and above. There's one that is pulling at 73%. Some of the parts of the bill are 73%. I think the lowest part of the bill I saw was at 59%. And it's not only that bill. You see, if it were only that bill, we could say, yeah, that's a bill, but they're going to vote on the economy, right? But even on the economy, like, well, I have a piece, uh, uh, the, the piece with Blumenthal that I'm going to do, that I'm going to have quite a bit of stuff to say about it, right? But let's take a look at what this um, particular uh, strategist had to say. You guys seen this woman before, Yvette Simpson. Yvette Simpson was on Politics Done Right a few months ago. We brought her in from the Democracy for America uh, progressive group. She's the CEO of the group. We had her on our show a few months ago. Well, she was on this week yesterday, and what I did is I, I strung together some of the statements that she had to make. And what I kept on saying is, why can't we get most Democrats to say the things that she says? We don't have problems with progressives, but progressives don't get a lot of airtime. But why don't the rank and file Democrats say and speak the way Yvette Simpson does? Let's check it out. Yvette Simpson, the chief executive office for the progressive group Democracy for America, knocked it out of the park today on uh, Meet the Press. I want you to listen to some of these excerpts. I mean, she should be the one or one of the people who are giving great advice to how Democrats should win or could win in 2022. It is amazing that uh, so many I heard many other interviews today on the national shows. They were so terrible in counteracting the Republican narrative. She wasn't. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Manufactured hysteria? No, no. I don't think so. I mean, I think Kansas is the exact opposite, right? It shows that this was an issue that people agree with. And when we get on the ground and we organize voters in a red state, across the state, in cities, in rural areas and suburbs, people show up. And so, unfortunately for Republicans, unfortunately for us, if we continue this same momentum, if we make abortion access the issue, we might actually have enough energy to pull it off. We just saw in our poll this morning, 69% sour on the economy. Joe Biden stuck in the 30s right now. Yeah, I think the reality is we continue to debate about whether there's inflation, whether we're in recession, and if you just ask people, they're struggling. And I don't know if the IRA is going to get there. I mean, we know that the bill that just passed the Senate yesterday, um, people are still suffering. Child care was not in there. Paid leave was not in there. We still have issues with wages. Uh, people are still feeling the pain. And if the issue at the ballot box is, do you feel like we're in a recession? We're going to lose on that. Do you feel like there's inflation? We're going to lose on that. We need to make sure we're showing the American people that we're doing everything we can to make them secure. And a small win on gas prices and a bill on climate right now is not going to get us all the way there. One of the things the Democrats are counting on, if you just looked at Joe Biden's approval rating and views on the economy, looking like a bloodbath for Democrats. But right now, Dr. Oz is behind Pennsylvania. Mark Kelly, Democrat, is ahead uh, in Arizona. J.D. Vance is fighting in Ohio. It does look like the Democrats are still in the game, at least 
race in the Senate. The Republicans are giving us gifts in the form of uh, election deniers and people with rap sheets a mile long. I mean, you know, you got Dr. Oz, you got Herschel Walker, um, you got J.D. Vance, these folks who do not relate to the people in their states, cannot connect with anybody, and people don't have faith in them. And I, I think we've been very fortunate on the other side. We've got some strong candidates who are going to take them on, and Raphael Warnock and John Fetterman and, you know, others. So I think we have to make sure that that is the story, not necessarily about what people are feeling, but the alternative is a Republican Party that doesn't believe in elections, that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, these folks who are abusers, and this issue with Marjorie Taylor Greene praying with a guy in a cell. I mean, the Republican Party is a wacko party. The alternative is that you got to go with the Democrats in November. We spend a lot of... You cannot argue with the three major points she made about how to politic in 2022. One, the first part, the first clip I showed, in as much as we were talking about the abortion issue, she spoke about the abortion issue winning in Kansas because the engagement went not only in the big cities, not only to Democrats. You had a full press into the suburbs, a full press into the rural areas, a full press into the urban areas. You have to engage all the people that you're asking to vote for you. The second item that she spoke about, spoke about that is very important. Don't depend on the IRA to solve the problem, the new, the new bill that Democrats are putting out there, because yes, it covers climate. Yes, it covers a few things with um, uh, Medicare being able to negotiate, which doesn't come for a whole four years. Yes, it covers a few other issues, but the main things that grassroots America really needs, child care, uh, better, better, better stipends to help people put their kids into daycare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, basic income for those people who inflation is debt or de- inflation is decimating. None of those things are in that bill. So when the Republicans come on the attack, there's nothing to fight them with. What she says is you have got to let it be a forward look campaign. Give us more progressives. And what you get when you get more progressives is we can then pass the policies beyond the neoliberals and others who are stopping progress. And lastly, but not least, she says, hey, Thank you, Republicans. You have given us a gift. You know why? Because Americans w- won't, many Americans, that is, they weren't, they won't go ahead and say, let's put some wackos in charge. Because after all, we supposedly all love the country that we live in and putting wackos in is a sure, clear and present danger. Yvette Simpson's hit the nail. Well, I should say Yvette Simpson hit all the nails on the head. Absolutely hit the nails on the head, folks. Absolutely hit the nails on the head. Because I tell you what, if you if you honestly listen to all that she had to say, that was sort of the framework. Now, there are a lot of a lot of senators appearing on these programs that I found some completely uh what what is the word that I want to use? They simply did not raise themselves to the cause. They simply did not call the, what's the word, the phrase that they use? It just, it's, it's like they didn't do their homework. And you know who always does their homework? Guys like Lindsey Graham. Because you, I tell you what, for you to spin doo-doo and make it look good, you have got to be studying and being able to think about everything that you can think of to deceive others, which is what Lindsey Graham did. But before we get to that, let me come to some of your work here to see what I've missed here. Let's see. Egberto Blasphemous, I read that already. Eric is just like from E2247 says, Eric, is, and by the way, folks, for you, for those of you who've never been on the program before, whether you are on YouTube, whether you are on Facebook or Twitch, you can join each one of those us on those channels. And whatever you put in there in the messaging, we are sh- I should be able to see it here and reply to you back. And everybody should be able to see your messaging. We have this this messaging app that supposed it's supposed to aggregate everything. Yeah, generally does most of the times. Anyway, getting back. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Eric is just like Malcolm Nance document. Or rather, Eric is just like the folk Malcolm Nance documents in his book. They want to kill Americans, the malicious terrorists, and deranged ideology of the Trump insurgency. Publication, 26th to 12th of July, 2022. Uh, there's this stuff called muscle memory. 
right? But I like to call it also cerebral context, uh, cortex memory. And what it is is that guys that have been pre-programmed by the Powell Manifesto, it's hard for you to believe that much of what you learned was a fraud, right? It's, it's hard. And that's why we have to entertain everybody. Some of what I learned was a fraud until I decided to unlearn it. So I think we all have to have some uh, more than compassion, empathy. We have to be empathetic with those who continuously try to probe with all the fictitious, with all of the stuff that for those of us who eventually learned, and notice what I said, eventually learned. Because when I say I was just as, I was just as messed up in the head, okay? So I'm not going to hold that against any of my brothers and my sisters, right? So in the form of my brother Eric here, Eric is here every day. Don't think that seeds aren't planted. Eric is fighting himself like you would not imagine. He wants to believe what he's writing, but he can refute none of what we say. He tries to. But when he tries to refute what we say, he sees the results. It is generally always, simple. I mean, a, most of the times, a simple Google search proves him wrong. But he's here. And I thank him to be here. I want him to be here. Because whether guys like Eric and others want to accept it, they're here. And we are planting seeds and eventually they will take root. Right, Eric? I know you're there, brother. I know you're there. Okay, continuing. So yeah, that, that's, that's where we're at, E2247. You just keep coming and you keep saying what you need to say, brother. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Robert Davin, welcome to Politics and Right. He says, greetings to all progressives. I'm liking this background photo. Believe it or not, that background photo, Roberto Davin, is el, la fotografía de downtown Panama. That is Panama City downtown in Central America. I decided to put on a little bit of my culture just today, you know. And uh, later on, I'm going to put some of my Houston culture out there. And tú sabes cómo es la vaina. All right, let's see. We got Paul Fleming says, Republicans blocks a bill that cap price on insulin. I'm glad you said that. But I'm going to cover that in the next video. Otherwise, I would expand it on that. But you're so right, Paul. Democrats need to learn how to do what Paul just did. Just tell the truth. Paul Fleming says, I don't care about presidential ratings. All I care about is getting the job done for Americans. You go, brother. Absolutely so. Eric Hayes, how about the drug? I'm not going to fentanyl because, again, you know, I don't remember the last time I saw those runners of fentanyl making the drug. All I know is the, the basic drugs that these guys are selling are made by our corporatocracy. All the drugs that are killing Americans in Appalachia, all the drugs that are killing people all over America are not made by the runners. The runners are just capitalists. They're just doing what they know what to do. They're capitalists. They're doing what every capitalist company does. If we really want to make a hay about it, we put restrictions on those drugs, but we don't. Oh, we sure they can subscribe it, whatever, whatever, whatever. Marijuana, we put all kinds of controls on marijuana. Maybe we should do the same with fentanyl. The kinds of controls that makes it what it really, really is. What kind of drug it really, really is. So, uh, Eric, as usual, you're barking up the wrong tree. It's the corporatocracy that makes these drugs. And then you blame the runner, the poor runners who are, are using the capitalist structure that says wherever there is a demand, we will provide a supply. Huh? You see how it works? Egberto, if conservatives could and would fact check their ideas, they might see the light. You're absolutely right, sir. But many don't want to fact check the results because deep in their hearts, they know. They know the truth and they feel better with blinders on because it fulfilled their purpose until someone in their families need relief, until somebody in their, that they love come across the evil that that particular ideology in many sects represent. Robert Davin says, LOL, I pity the fools who cannot learn. Sound like Mr. T to me. The self-delusion runs deep in the MAGA crowd. They are looking for a Easter bunny 
and tooth fairy. One day they might grow up. Pray for them. You know, I, I, there was a story that was given by one of the attendees at the, uh, we call it a social coherence conference. And I think I have the time to say it real quick because this was, this is what has a lot to do with, you know, while race isn't the fundamental, race is, uh, race is important for Trump to be successful, right? And this guy gave a story that actually touched me, right? He said the following. He said, he's a former minister. He's a black guy with uh, Sierra, uh, with um, uh, Cape Verde roots, okay? But he's a black guy. So he was, um, he was, it was cold in Colorado where he's from. And he decided that he had to go around looking for the homeless because it apparently was an early cold or something like that. So he knew they would be in trouble. So he went and collected a whole lot of blankets and all these kinds of things. John St. Pierre, welcome aboard. So he went ahead and Brother Ladeau, welcome aboard. He went and got all these blankets and stuff and take the people. So there was this, um, this hobo lying down on the ground and another hobo at the door at the place that they were at. I think it was like a 7-Eleven or something like that. And the hobo on the ground uh, was asking for money. So the guy took some money out of his pocket and he started to give the guy on the ground. Okay, this is a white guy on the ground. He started to give him the round. And apparently the guy... In the uh, that was standing at the door, thought he was only going to give the this guy on the ground the buck. So he said N word, N word, and he just started to shout N word to the guy. But he did the, the pastor didn't quite understand that that's what he was saying. So he said uh uh, and he finally heard it right, and um, he started to go back to his car. Then he told his wife, you know, I think that guy just called me the N word, and the wife said, okay, let's go. And then he said, you know what, um. He, you know, he, he, he was in distress as well. It was another hobo. So he said, I'm going I'm to give him some money anyway, you know. So <laughs> the guy looked at him and he said, uh, oh, I got to do the ask. I'm going to be doing it in a minute. He goes ahead and he goes ahead and he gives the guy some money. And the guy says, thank you, N-word. <laughs> and while they were tugging for the dollars, and then he's finally let go of the money. And then he looked at him and he said, uh... The, he called, he speak. And then, because the guy, again, like I said, is from Cap, Cabo Verde, so he's dark, but I mean, he has some other distinct features, right? Uh, Cabo Verde. Then he said, speak. And then he looked around and he said, Al-Qaeda? <laughs> but what the, what, the, what the former pastor was trying to show, how shallow it, this really was, you know? Did this guy harbor him harm or anything like that? Or was he a victim of a racialized society? Which I choose the latter, right? And that's why when people call me names or whatever, personally, I ask them if they're having a bad day. You know, I mean, I don't want to shoo it off as just something simplistic or whatever, but understand where I'm coming from. There's so much more to do than to worry about oneself. But I just love that story. Okay, I was told to go ahead and do my ask. So I am going to do my ask right now and ask you uh, if you are listening to the program right now. Actually, let me go ahead and play it. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either 
one time or monthly, go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics Done Right depends on you to keep... So yes, folks, that's the way to support us. Now, don't forget, I'm heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania next week. We're behind on our GoFundMe to, to pay off that trip. So please consider supporting us on our GoFundMe, politicsunright.com slash netroots. Politicsunright.com slash netroots is the GoFundMe for that. So there are a lot of ways for you to support the program and make sure we can get all the stuff that we need to get out out. So again, you can get our books. You can go to our store. Our store has a new hat, man. Check out the new hat. Politics Unright, let's say E2247 says, Politics Unright displays the best features of a free press. Done right. PDR inspires us all. I love you, E2247. Thank you for those kind words. And Tom C. says to Michael Rudnan, you did what real Christians do. What did Rudnan do? Uh, feed the hungry and house the homeless. Rudnan says, on my way home from an optometrist, I saw a homeless man in front of a Chinese restaurant. I asked him what he wanted, then bought him a pork fried rice. That is what you do. I was at the Penn Station, and I'm walking to go ahead and get me a Diet Coke. And uh, this guy comes up to me, and he says, can I have a, a dollar or whatever? I don't know what he's going to do with the money, but he's next to a restaurant or whatever. I prefer giving uh, a lot of people on the homeless side food just because, again, I know they're not going to just go ahead and buy liquor with it. But sometimes I, you know, sometimes I just give in and, and, and give the cash. Well, actually, most of the times I give in and give the cash. So that's what I did in New York at, at Penn Station. So, Michael Rodden, that is the right thing to do. And um, you're, but we always know you're a good man. You're a hell of a supporter of politics done right. What can I, well, all of you guys are a hell of supporters of politics done right. Appreciate that quite much. But please keep on. Let's see what we got here. Please keep on keeping on to support the program. And like I told um, you guys, I messed up this weekend that I forgot. I honestly forgot because of all that was going on that it was the week for um, Ask Egberto Anything. So what I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys right now is to go ahead and um, sign up for Ask Egberto Everything. As usual, it's free. And we have our stuff, our talk, our beautiful talk with all you great people we are talking on Zoom, and you can say whatever you want, talk whatever you want, call me whatever names you want to call me, castigate me, love on me, do whatever you need to do when you ask Egberto anything on that program. All right, let's see what I see here. Michael Renza, Tom, see my local politician is against business, a homeless shelter in our neighborhood. Next time I visit, we'll have to see if I can talk him about that. Sadly, NIMBY is real, not in my backyard. I'd rather fix the proper properly as that uh, way it only helped for the moment. Egberto, I, if I give money, I don't care what they do with it. It's not on me to decide anything in their life. Help if I can. And that's the attitude I think I must take. So um, you're absolutely right, my dear man. That is what I need to say. Sharkula's hairstylist. Love the show. Always straight talk. You bet, you, you bet it, baby. We got to just have the straight, straight talk. Uh, John St. Pierre says, I feel the more America brings in more from cultures that have caste systems also can be mistaken for racism. A caste system, I think, is a racist system. If I'm wrong, correct me, please, Brother John Pierre. I don't like caste systems. In fact, wow, it's great that, you know, you guys are so smart. You bring all kinds of subjects. And I want to talk about something a, a beautiful woman at the, um, at the, the, the conference that I went said. She said, Back in India, she is a Brahmin, which means I think she's either the first or second class in – there are five castes, I believe, and she's at the top, okay, at, or, or close to the top, something like that. And she said, you know, she lived a life of privilege in India, and then when she came to America, 
She was no longer at the top when it comes to how she looked. And she said it took a while to get adjusted to that, that she wasn't that top of the cast person, right? Because in America, she was just a brown person. So, um, again, all of that is kind of silly. I just don't like, I, I believe in full equity. You decide who and what you are going to be to society, right? That's what I think. All right, Shakula says he's right. Uh, Leslie Peggy Lopez says, my way with panhandlers uh, sitting outside of a restaurant, I am headed in for a meal, is to invite the person to have dinner with me. I love that, Peggy. I love it. Absolutely so. Shakula says it's a constant class war. And that's why I wrote the book actually called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and neighbors. You learn all about the economic system, how the patent system screws us up, all that good stuff. Egberto, the Ask Egberto link shows the link. Zoom meeting is September 3rd. Correct. I've got to fix that. Thank you for, for telling me that. I will fix that so that the next time it says that because it's, it's in a loop. So thank you for pointing that to me, Brother Tom C. Uh, Paul Fleming Sr., a North Carolina sheriff assigns resource officers responsible for AR-15 rifles in school. Okay, crazy. All right, this this one is a, a bit longer video, so I better get it started now. So let's get busy right now. Progressives and Democrats always, always have better policies for middle-class America and the poor. Always. And the reason why it's a philosophical difference as far as how one improves themselves, etc. One is based on if you're lucky, all is fine. Or if others deemed you okay, qualified, it's fine for you to make. It's fine for you to ascend. But most or several of centrist Democrats going on television they are a poor excuse for making the case for a self-sufficient middle class and poor person getting ahead. Better policies, but I mean the Republicans round, run rings around them in lying, in misinforming, in misconstruing. I want you to see this interview, or it's actually an interview on CNN, both Blumenthal and Lindsey Graham are there. And Lindsey Graham is so much, is so well prepared for a Democrat who has no way of explaining himself in a manner that punches back, in a manner that everyone sees the truth. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. This is simply upsetting, at the same time, fascinating. Check this out. Three independent economic analyses, including the Congressional Budget Office, all say the Inflation Reduction Act will actually have little to no impact on inflation. How is this bill actually going to help Americans who are having trouble paying for their groceries, for their housing, for their gas? Great question. And thanks for having us in this bipartisan way. I think Americans are going to see the cost of their prescription drugs cut because of Medicare negotiations. They're going to see energy costs cut because they're going to be receiving credits and rebates for energy saving and cost cutting measures. And they're going to see greater tax fairness because corporations that are currently paying nothing will have to pay at least 15 percent. We're talking corporations with assets of more than a billion dollars or earnings of excess in that amount. So we're going to see costs of gasoline continue to drop, costs of necessities to decline. And I think Americans will see historic results. Well, this is not the bipartisan part of the interview. (laughs) (laughs) So the American Rescue Plan, remember that one? That was supposed to make us make everything better. Well, it became a recession plan. This is going to make everything worse. I voted for a bipartisan uh, infrastructure bill. I voted for gun legislation. I'm not going to vote for this. Uh, the minimum tax of 15 percent 
destroys expensing. Now, what does that mean? If a company buys a piece of equipment, they could expense it under the 2017 tax cut in the same year they bought it. That goes away. So CBO says it disincentivizes companies for building factories, buying equipment, which would help us get out of recession. There's a 16.4% tax on imported barrels of oil that are going to increase cost at the gas pump. Uh, Subsidies for Obamacare go to families making $304,000 a year, which I think is ill-conceived. And the bottom line, it's not going to help inflation. It's going to make everything worse. One of the other things that the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, said, Senator Graham, is that the bill would reduce the deficit. Republicans historically have been very focused on reducing the deficit. So why not support that? It says it would reduce the deficit by $100 billion. We're going to spend almost a trillion dollars. The truth is that the um, American, uh, the Obamacare subsidies go away after three years. Well, we all know they're not going to go away. So if they stayed in place for 10 years, it would add $280 billion to the deficit. So it's a gimmick. They've got a gimmick in the bill to limit the subsidies for three years that go to people who ain't $304,000 a year. Uh, this thing's going to make everything worse and not one Republican is going to vote for it. Well, I'll tell you one thing where I think we can agree it will make things better is the IRS is going to have resources it needs to go after the highest income Americans that are cheating on their taxes right now. And it will mean more revenue for the government. And frankly, cutting through all of the numbers, all of the CBO stuff, the average American sitting at their kitchen table deciding whether they can buy medicine, pay their mortgage or go to the grocery store and get the food they need, they're going to be able to get that medicine much more cheaply. And overwhelmingly, American people want to cut the cost of prescription drugs. This measure does it through enabling Medicare to do what the VA does, what the Department of Defense does, negotiate for lower prices. And that will affect the entire Course of and I just want to bring one other issue that's in this bill. And I don't agree with that. But oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, number one, uh, prescription drugs. This is price fixing. They take 15 drugs and they put a limit on what you can charge. That sounds good until pharmaceutical companies uh, invent less new drugs. Remember COVID? Well, it was the American pharmaceutical industry that got us the drugs that keep us out of the hospital and keep a lot of us alive. This is price fixing. It's never worked before. It's not going to work now. Hiring 86,000 more IRS agents, if that makes you feel better, you missed a lot. They're coming after waitresses, Uber drivers, and everybody else to collect more taxes. So uh, if, if you think growing the IRS is good for you, you're wrong. You want to respond or you want to move I on? I think to- the IRS is going to target the highest income Americans, as uh, the saying goes. That's where the money is. That's where they're going to look to collect. The idea that there's going to be this army of IRS agents defending, descending on the average American is just preposterous. Tax fairness is what we need. And for the biggest corporation in this country to pay no taxes, for them to do stock buybacks, that benefit the shareholders. But for example, in the case of oil companies, they are making three to four times what they did just last year. What are they doing with those excess windfall profits, lowering gasoline prices? No, they are doing stock buybacks. They ought to pay a tax on it. Okay. And, and I think there ought to be rebates to consumers. Oh boy, that was painful. First of all, Lindsey Graham, you are good. You know how to put lipstick on a pig and you did it perfectly. I can't, I, if, if I had a pig trying to put, I would have to ask you to do it. You spoke to the waitress. You spoke to everybody and you showed them with, with misinformation how this new bill that is actually going to be good for a lot of folks it's going to be bad you are good and all rosenthal could speak about were things like uh you know we're going to create the irs to run across and 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 um, and and find all those rich people that don't pay taxes and average american going to say yeah but those rich people have accountants that they are going to know not to do xyz so it makes what lindsey graham says sound a little bit more true or oh we're going to get your drug prices cut and look here is the deal 
if you really wanted to challenge Lindsey Graham, let's look at some of the things Lindsey Graham said. He said, he kept on saying, we are uh, how to get us out of this recession. We are not in a recession. You cannot be in a recession with 500,000 jobs created in a month. That the GDP has dropped two months in a row. Those are technical reasons why it dropped. He should have challenged Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, would you prefer us to be in the upswing that that Trump was in when we only had 100,000 people per month? Or do you prefer what we are giving Americans over 500,000 employees? new jobs per month. He should have challenged him. You notice uh, when, when Blumenthal started, he said, oh, thanks for having us in this bipartisan manner. And as soon as Lindsey Graham uh, has to respond, he pats him on the back and he says, this is not going to be bipartisan. It's like the child who looks like the person that can't defend you. Okay. Now, Lindsey talks about, oh, the, by, by allowing us to negotiate for drug prices. And by the way, it's only about 10 or 15 drugs they're negotiating. There are thousands of drugs, right? But they want you to believe that somehow they are going to be hurting the drug companies. Let's get something clear first. Drug companies do not take risk. They do not invent. Look at their balance sheet. Most of their profits don't go back reinvested into research. Their profits go to shareholders. Their profits go or, or rather their monies go to spend on advertising. They spend more on advertising and marketing than they do research and development. Does that tell you something? Or is that going to harm research? It makes absolutely no sense. And Blumenthal did not challenge that. Blumenthal should wait, Lindsay. Remember, most of the drug research is done by the taxpayer dollars. And you always try to hold that back. You always try to hurt taxpayers. Remember, the private sector only takes a drug after it has been developed. Then Lindsay says, you remember COVID? COVID was, if it weren't for us, uh, having the pharmaceutical companies well-funded, we would not have solved COVID. False. We gave $2 billion to the companies to rush the output on COVID vaccines after we had paid universities and other entities the monies to research RNA uh, or mRNA technology. You see, all these things immediately, once Lindsay talked about COVID, we should have said COVID was done through the government, not the pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceuticals completed the research funded by the government. Thank you so kindly. Thank you very much. But no, Blumenthal didn't say that, right? Then he called, then the 15% uh, rate. Oh, if you charge him 50%, that company who would have bought uh, uh, expensed a factory. What they mean is expense and mean that uh, when, when, when they build that factory, they could, instead of depreciating it over 30 years, they may have just expensed the entire factory it's under certain limits, right? So that they could reduce their taxes. In other words, instead of spreading out that, that depreciation, and by the way, depreciation of taxes is a tax scheme anyway, but instead of depreciating it over 30 years or something like that, to reduce your immediate taxes, they go ahead and they jam it all to say, ah, we don't really owe taxes because we're expensing out that factory altogether. So they're saying, oh, you charge them a minimum of 15%, these guys would not be able to do the trick, so they pay zero taxes, to which... Uh, Blumenthal should have said, wait a minute, you mean these guys depend on the tax system to invest in a factory that's going to keep them viable? The reason why manufacturing of the microchips is done in Taiwan and not the United States is because of the gimmicks of these guys wanting to take the profits and not pay taxes? Is that what you're saying, Lindsey Graham? We, we are so terrible in confronting the stupidity of the right, the non-functionality of the policies. Come on, folks. Look, their policies are the reason why we have deteriorating infrastructure. Their policies are the reason why our airports are some of the worst in the industrialized world. Their policies are the reason why we are sicker than any other industrialized country in the world. Their policies are the reason why we have more. We are the only country where you can actually go bankrupt because you get sick. Those are neoliberal. Those are supply side policies instituted by the other side and we are apologetic when we attempt to do something right for humanity our american humans we are apologetic for that 
Why do we have such a stick representing what it means to be an efficient person in, in, in supporting America and IRS agents running after you? You mean you want there to be a bunch of tax cheats? Come on, folks. We need to learn how to speak. And it's evident that centrists, it's evident that moderates, it's evident that we need good spokespeople, educated, intelligent. And by the way, all these guys are, but they don't have what it takes to really inform Americans. Americans vote for Republicans because we have guys like Lindsey Graham who are very effective communicators. And we have Blumenthal who has better policies. Not that he's the best. I mean, he's sort of a moderate guy. Guys like Blumenthal who has no, has no notion of how to connect with the average American citizen and say, hey, those taxes that you are paying, that they're not paying, you are paying indirectly in some form. A week have got to do it. So look, let's. bottom line is this. The Blumenthal's of the world are not going to get the job done. All these guys are not going to get the job. It is your job to actually articulate what we're talking about here to your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your enemies, and everybody else, because it is clear there won't be a centrist or moderate Democrat who will be on TV articulating next to a Republican and let them have it for the havoc they've caused in this country. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. And uh, let's see, Sharkula says, Sharkula's hairstylist says, how do these career politicians stay so long? Republicans are always crying dynasty, this dynasty, that. Kentucky is a taxpayer toilet. In other words, as, as uh, Sharkula perfectly el- elaborates on, the truth of the matter is uh, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, they're all welfare states. They're like, oh, we have low taxes and people are moving here because we have low taxes. Yeah. After they make their riches elsewhere, they move to these places because, yeah, you have low taxes because you give your people absolutamente nada. Nothing, nothing. Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard, my brother. I hadn't heard from you in a while, Norman, so I, I had to contact you earlier by, by text. So um, I wanted to make sure you're all good. The corporate media will not have a real lefty on the programs to call out the BS, he says. They are picking the cost. You're absolutely right, sir. Michael says, Egberto, just remember that this is who the IRS must go after. Wealthy Americans hold back $600 billion in unpaid taxes annually, Treasury says. Suppose we were to collect on that. Carl Cox, corporate media will never have politicians like AOC, Warren, and Sanders on to debate Graham and expose their lies. Actually, they did have Graham and uh, uh, Graham and and um and, and him on <laughs> Bernie and Graham were on together, but they never publicized it as much as they publicize other things. You know why? Because uh, he made mincemeat out of Graham. All right. Norm, uh, Nanette Birdsmith says, Egberto, your experience at the Abilities Expo was horrible and totally unnecessary. My heart went out to Ashley. You know, most of that conversation went after Ashley, but she saw the initial reaction. And, you know, Ashley didn't want to make an issue out of it. You know how that goes. Uh, let's see. Rudden says, the Biden administration says wealthy Americans withhold more than $600 billion in unpaid taxes from the Treasury every year. And it has proposed a detailed plan to bulk up the Internal Revenue Service arm in effort to increase tax compliance among high net worth individuals. Total unpaid taxes will rise to about $7 trillion over the course of the next decade if left undressed, roughly equal to 15% taxes owed. A report issued by the Treasury Department said these unpaid taxes come at a cost to American households. You, all, you, all of you who are always protecting tax cuts, all that kind of stuff, ask those people who owe money to pay their, their fair due. Actually, and the thing about it is they, they're, they're, they're holding back money on stuff they didn't even honestly earn. Daniel Ado says, sounds like the only guy to go on TV and articulate progressive values is Egberto himself. But he's black and couldn't win an election in racist America. Never mind. Wow, really? Didn't Obama win? I know, I know where you I know what you're trying to do, Daniel. It ain't gonna work, brother. Uh, Michael Rodney says, Tom Hartman has your follow-up for the show. Bernie Sanders destroys Lindsey Graham in debate you missed. Ah, remember I told you, man. Remember I told you? Michael Rodney also says, um, 
Oh, you, you gave you gave the link again. Anyway, folks, we are having to get out of here. We're past our time. Time flies when you're having fun. Look, thank you guys so kindly for hanging out with me. Please remember to support the show. I'm going to give you two links. The first link is politicsandright.com slash support there in that link you have all the different ways you can support our program many different ways and please remember to check out the new book that i'm writing called tribulations of an afro-latino caribbean man racism didn't stop my smile hope or journey forward and here is the link to that book and last but not least i'm doing a lot of my blogs at um, medium medium.com uh, so if you would go to my medium uh, which is at Egberto or, or rather I, I put the link in there if you visit my medium if you subscribe to medium which is pretty cheap uh, you would be helping us continue the work that we do I, as I said before one of the work that we do is to try to populate the internet with the progressive information real information truthful information so that everyone can be informed so that we can make an educated vote when we go out there to vote and so that we can talk to our fellow Americans, left, right, blue, right, conservative or whatever, and have a real conversation with them. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>